Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Hey, family, and welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. For those of you that are new to the tribe, welcome. For those of you that are seasoned listeners, welcome back. With me today is Marie Soneman, and here is a bit about Marie. Marie Soneman works in law enforcement, serving as a police officer in Washington State. She's also an online money coach and founder of Ordinary to Badass. Badass isn't about physical toughness with images of motorcycles, ripped abs, and leather jackets. Instead, Marie focuses on mindset mastery, helping others find the internal strength to cease what feels out of reach. Marie loves to empower women to face challenges with boldness and confidence, untethered by limiting circumstances. So we're going to learn how Marie started in her business, how she's helping women gain confidence. She reduced a huge amount of debt, y'all. Once you hear it, you'll be surprised. And how she went from being broke to a badass. So without further ado, please welcome Marie Soneman. Hi, thank you so much. I'm excited to be on your show. My pleasure, Marie. And what an interesting background. Law enforcement, oh my gosh, like I know y'all get some bad reps and you get some good reps, but then I'm just so um, compelled to talk with you because how you're not just helping yourself, but you're also helping other women and you're building that tribe there. But before we dive into all your accolades, I definitely want to do a connection segment, which is the fun part of the segment. So there are two options here. We could do an icebreaker or a rapid fire 10 question game. What are you in the mood for? Let's do an icebreaker. Okay, here we go. We're breaking the ice with Marie. I want you to share something crazy that you have done in your life or a fun and interesting fact about yourself. And if you're feeling frisky, combine the both of them. Um. Something fun and interesting that I did in my life was running a couple marathons. I was not a runner at all, and I had never run any race whatsoever before running the marathon. And so it was both like terrifying and thrilling at the same time that I figured like, okay, if not, if I'm not a runner and I could run and complete this marathon, then like, what else can I do? You know, so I just trained and really did a lot of visualization around it. Like imagine myself crossing the finish line and what that would feel like and what it would smell like or what it would taste like and having that, like in my mind, I was going to have a Michelob Ultra at the end because <laughs> they give you a free beer and a finisher's jacket or at the time they did. Um, and so I just pictured all of the things. And then once I completed it, it felt so amazing because I had never identified as a runner. I had never run a whole lot in my life. And I probably trained like six months before the marathon. So it felt pretty badass to be able to accomplish that. That is amazing. So just quick question here. So whenever you were doing your training, did you start with something like the couch to 5k or any of those training programs? Or did you actually just start with like just building your endurance up and conditioning and all of that? So I didn't start with anything in particular. I had looked at all these race plans and to tell you, like it was intimidating. 
And really when I would look at all the plans, they talked about miles, like how many miles to do in a day to get to where you want to get to. And whenever I did that, it just like took my, it stopped me from wanting to run. So what I did was like the first, in the beginning, the first five days, I think I ran 30 days straight just to get in the habit. And then I was like, okay, I'm only going to go out for 30 minutes a day on the weekends or on the weekdays and then 45 minutes on the weekend. And I would go out and like, whether I walk or run, I got to move, you know, Um, my goal was to run, but I wouldn't beat myself up if I walked. And so I did that. And then I would slowly like increase the amount of time that I was out, um, say 45 minutes on the weekdays and then an hour on the weekends. Um, And that really got me ready. And it didn't feel so intimidating to me as opposed to going for like a certain amount of time or a certain amount of, or I'm sorry, instead of going for a certain amount of mileage, I just went for time and could just do whatever I could do. And that just made it a whole lot easier for me. Amazing. And thanks for sharing because the reason why I asked that follow-up question, because there may be someone out there who's thinking about doing a marathon, a triathlon, or whatever the case may be. And there's so much information out there that it could discourage you and you'll be like, oh, to hell with it. I'm not going to do that. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I would say too, like finding a group of people is helpful. Like at the very end of my journey, maybe like a month before I ran the marathon, I found a group of people like a running group. And that was so helpful because they could tell me things that I just didn't know on my own. And so if you find other people who are doing it, then it can definitely help you get over some of the hard spots or some of the struggles that you're facing. Amazing. And thank you for um, doing the connection segment. Now we're going to jump into the main segment, which is the work that you're doing around money mindset, mastery, and really helping women build that confidence. But how you got here is important. So I want to highlight that. So people don't just say, Oh, Marie is doing this. But no, Marie has a back end story on how she used different vehicles to get her to where she is now. So Marie, can you give us a a brief overview of your background so we could build up to where you are now and how you accomplish the amount of success that you've seen with reducing that debt and et cetera. Yeah. So I joined law enforcement and I lost all my confidence and I was like, what the heck is going on here? But I think I was just too busy comparing myself to all of my coworkers and all the people around me. And I thought that I had to do everything the way that they did things. And that's just not true. And when you try to copy everybody else and do what they're doing, then it, um, like, it makes you feel worse about yourself. It's that whole like compare and despair thing, right? (laughs) Like, so that didn't help me. And I completely lost my confidence and I was really struggling for a long time. And people would look at me or like my friends and be like, Oh, you're such a badass." I did not like, I felt like anything but a badass. And so funny enough, the thing that turned things around for me was getting my finances in control. So I paid off $106,000 in debt in just under two years. Um, Definitely in the beginning, it was overwhelming and I just didn't know what to do. Um, But paying off that debt just changed things for me. It gave me a ton of confidence. And then it also helped me to realize like, you don't have to change something overnight. It's really a long journey and it's just being consistent and persistent every single day. And you make a mistake, you fall, you, you know, one day you spend money you didn't want to spend, or you mess up on your budget. It's like, really, that's small. In the big picture of things, those days are small. And as long as you keep going, that's what gets you to the end. 
I love that. And it's funny that you said whenever you joined law enforcement, you lost your confidence because you were trying to compare yourself with your coworkers. So it almost sounded like imposter syndrome in a, in a sense, because you're looking at what those other women who are in law enforcement or maybe the men were doing. And then you're trying to measure yourself up, not realizing that Marie Soneman is her own woman, her own person. And you're not there to necessarily compete with them. You're there to complement them and make sure you're all tying in the mission of law enforcement and what does that look like. So I like that you said your conduit to regaining that confidence was paying off that $106,000 in debt. And you said in a whopping two years, that's incredible. So what type of method did you use? Did you do like the avalanche method, the snowball method, or did you have like a financial planner or coach that helped you walk through um, reducing that debt? I'd use the snowball method, but I did Dave Ramsey's course, like Financial Peace University. Um, and then actually after I paid off all the debt, I went on to become a financial, I did the financial coach master training. Um, but really it was the snowball method. It was taking all of my debts, writing them all down. And then the debt with the least amount I paid off first. Um, and then you'd, you know, move up to the next amount of debt and apply that money you're using for the first debt or the lowest debt to the next, um, to the next one. And I worked ton of overtime. I worked like as much overtime as I possibly could because I just wanted to make a change. I didn't want to do it slowly or um, not see any results because that's what I was worried about is if I didn't see results, then I would want to stop or I'd get frustrated. And so, yeah, I worked a ton of overtime. I sold stuff because I just wanted to get rid of it and um, just find myself out of debt. So yeah, it takes a lot of work, but I think that the important thing to do or to realize is it's not forever. You know, that was two years of my life where I worked a lot and it was probably the first year where a lot of it was, um, where I worked a lot of overtime, but then that gave me so much relief and so much freedom after that time. And as you were going through that period where you were really buckle, uh, buckling down and you were like, I just want to get rid of the debt, what did you use as your accountability um, partner or accountability system to just keep Marie going because sometimes whenever you're working a ton it's you may not be getting in that self-care because you're just working 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 to get the money so you could take that money and chunk it over there at that debt so you could reduce that debt but then you may have wanted to do something but you didn't like you you didn't or you couldn't want let me say how I could say that. Do you know where I'm going with that, Marie? <laughs> you wanted to do something, but maybe you're like, okay, this is more like a want, not a need. The need is to pay off this debt. So yes, I want to go out or I want to have fun, but I have this debt lurking over me that I need to pay off in order so I could be free. Yeah, yeah. And I think that there's that temptation and I thought it would be much worse than it was. I think since I just went like all in, it made it, I started to get the excitement and I started to see the results. So I didn't want to like go out and spend money like I would have before because I was seeing these results and it was, you know, it was feeling great. So that helped me. But on the other side of things, I also think people need to do things that bring them joy and everything shouldn't be so restrictive because when you're feeling so restrictive, it's like, you're probably going to bounce back the other way, you know? And at the time, the one thing I was like, okay, I'm still going to go to Starbucks two times a week, you know, because I just wanted Starbucks. And then um, 
what I ended up doing was I found a creamer. It's Italian sweet cream, sugar-free, <laughs> but like I'm obsessed with it. And I stopped going to Starbucks because I ended up loving this creamer and found something else. And plus it was a whole lot cheaper than going out to Starbucks every day. But you know, if you want to get your hair done, if you want to get your nails done, everything doesn't have to be restricted. Keep one or two things that are within a reasonable price and just throw those in your budget. Don't completely um, restrict yourself unless that's what you are excited and want to do. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the, what I heard there is you reprioritize while not sacrificing everything. So you had a give and take in your own life where you could still do some of the things that you wanted want to do, but you weren't doing everything because you knew you had certain goals that you wanted to meet. Yes, yes. And I know earlier you mentioned like the accountability thing as well. Yeah. Like, I'll be honest, I didn't have a ton of accountability. I didn't people in my life kind of thought it was crazy what I was doing. Um, but I would listen to podcasts, like podcasts about money, anything I could find about money. And I would listen to those podcasts over and over again. And chances are one of the questions I would have, or one of the things I would be tempted to do would be on that podcast or like the host would give the answer or the guest would give the answer. And I'm like, yeah, that's not the right thing to do. You know what I, I would talk myself out of it by having accountability through YouTube or through podcasts. Podcast was the main thing for me. Um, but there are other options. If you're feeling tempted to do something and nobody in your life is doing the same type of thing, you know, you definitely can find support through blogs, podcasts, YouTube channels, that kind of thing. Absolutely. And two, with um, just hearing your background and knowing a little bit more about you, um, based on the bio I read, it sounds like in order for you to get through the things that you went through, you had to learn how to shift your paradigm and your mindset. And people fail to realize that our mind can either get us where we want to go, or it could also derail us, depending on what are we nourishing our mind with? Are they thoughts that are propelling us? Or is it thoughts that are distracting and derailing us from reaching our end goal, which um, comes in with your self-mastery piece there. And I think with you having that self-mastery piece, you're able to help work with other women to gain their confidence because it's something that you dealt with, the lack of confidence, you overcame it, and now you're helping other people. So do you want to talk about that for a little bit, Marie? Yeah, I mean, I think, well, it really blew my mind. Going through becoming a financial coach and then last year I became or went through the program for a year to become a health coach as well. And a lot of that was selfishly because I wanted to get my health under control, <laughs> but it really blew my mind how much of it is not about the money. It's not about the food. It's about the mindset and the things that we are thinking in our head. And so often we say things to ourselves that are just detrimental and that derail us. And so I think it's really important to reflect on the things that we're saying to ourselves, And if you're saying negative things to yourself to find a way to combat that, or I like to be like, that's not true because, and then think of three possible reasons why it's not true. Um, because we tell us, or, or we tell ourselves these stories and you know, they're not true. So an example to put, to make it tactical. Um, I used to if you've ever looked at a photo of yourself from the past, you'd probably be like, oh my gosh, I wish I was, I look like that, you know, that I looked so good then. But if you remember back at the time, you didn't necessarily feel good about how you looked. And so it's one of those things. It's like, you don't always have a perspective on it. So when I call myself 
fat or when I'm upset with how I look, I'm like, that's not true because you thought you were fat in the past and you were not, you know, and I try to come up with different reasons to combat it because just because you think a thought does not mean that it's true. And you have control over the second thought. You don't have control over the first thought that pops in your head, but you do have control of what you think after that. Yes, I love that. So just really um, be laser clear focus and visualize because I'm a visionary life coach. So some of the things I do with my clients is I have them do a lot of mirror work where I have them stand in front of the mirror and recite things about them, themselves that they like out loud, because the minute you release it from your mouth, you could pay attention to the reflection and see what your body language looks like the tone of your voice, your tonality, how are you standing and et cetera. And all of those begin to get reprogrammed because the whole point of doing that is you need to deprogram from all the junk that you have put in and reprogram yourself with the positive thoughts so you could start firing on all cylinders. And sometimes I tell them, think about the car analogy because we all have, we all drive cars, trucks, or whatever you drive. And if you're driving and you see on the dashboard, check engine light and you keep on going and keep on driving, your engine's going to freaking blow up. But you had the indicators there that was telling you that you needed to check your engine, but you were disobedient. You dismissed it. And now look, you're paying way more in the end because you didn't listen to that indication. You didn't pay attention to the warning night. Now you're paying for it. But if you were proactive versus reactive, you would have had a different end result. And how many times do we as individuals begin to listen to external factors, external voices? We listen to the thoughts in our head. And I say, it's our egos, because I have two egos. Negative Nancy and positive Patty. And when negative Nancy is talking, I say, negative Nancy, sit down and shut the puck up because positive Patty is here and has something to say. And our mind is like a battlefield. But if we don't condition and be intentional with the thoughts that we are hearing, and if we don't write it down to retro to reflect and have some type of introspective or retrospective, then we're going to be all discombobulated. But you have to do inventory because I said, just like people do inventory in the stores, you have to do inventory personally and professionally in your life, as well as internally to make sure that you're in alignment where, where you're trying to go. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I think so often we look at other people and we're like, oh, that Genesis, she has confidence. It just comes easy to her, you know, and we look at people and just assume that confidence comes natural for some people and mindset and is just a normal thing and certain people have it and certain people don't well that's simply not true it's something that you have to work on over and over and if you stop working on it then you can slide backwards you know so i think it's being intentional about noticing your thoughts and the thing that and the things that you think absolutely and i haven't always been this positive y'all i had a hell of a storm um for those of you that have been following the podcast you know 2020 was a, I'd call it far from perfect vision, but a slap of reality. Within a year and a half, I lost three people very close to me and my job from corporate America, oil and gas. And early on in my younger days, I went through depression because I was a victim of bullying in high school, graduated in 2009. So you do the math, you'll kind of get a little closer to find out how old I look. Cause some people are like, you look so young. You look like you're 16. I was like, Oh, thank you, baby. <laughs> but I say all this to like drive into 
Marie, your book, Broke to Badass, because I feel like this book could apply to anyone because in life you could be broken mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. But once you step into that confidence, then you really become a badass in all areas of your life. So I want you to hold up the book and tell us what was the inspiration behind your book and what can we look forward to? Yeah, so thank you for that. This is my author's copy, but it's from Broke to Badass, and you can find it on Amazon. Um, Wait, hold it up again, Marie, so they could actually see it. Okay, let's talk about the the cover, From Broke to Badass, the color, and then read the the subtitles, the because they may not be able to see it since they're tiny. Okay, From Broke to Badass, a guide to debt-free living, guilt-free spending, and badass financial security. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, the motivation behind the book was first off, I had um, always wanted to be an author. As a child, I attended a program called Young Authors and had like a book that was like bound. um, And I just loved it. And I always thought, okay, I'm going to be an author. That was just a dream that I always had. And so once I paid off the debt, I saw what a problem it was for other people and actually a big reason for me becoming a financial coach was my parents. I was stressed out about my parents and their financial situation and they were in debt and had a lot of credit cards. They still had their mortgage to pay off. They were close to retirement. And so I was freaking out, like what's going to happen when they retire? What if they don't have enough money? That kind of thing. Um, I sat down with my mom and created a budget with her to taught her what to do. And within just a few short years, she had paid off all of her debt and her mortgage. Yeah, which was amazing. Um, and I really started to see the need that other people have for this. Like if I helped her just by helping her create a budget, what can I help other people do? So that's what really motivated me is just to get this information out in the world. And then also I have something called a color-coded budget that focuses on colors instead of on numbers. Because if anybody out there is like me and they suck at math and find math intimidating, then there's a different way of doing things. And so I teach the process of the color-coded budget in the book. Um, And it's really just a different way to help you get out of debt and stop. If you're more creative and you want to, you know, focus on colors or you hate math, that kind of thing, then this book will absolutely help you. I love that, Marie, and I love um, that you t- that you're giving them another alternative, especially if they're not like a math expert or guru. So, can you just kind of highlight the color coded method? Because whenever I hear color, for me, whenever I think about color coded, like sometimes I color code stuff based on the stop lights because it's like red is stop, yellow, okay, caution, and green is like let's go. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, and I I definitely um, tried to look at the colors when going through it, but. A big part of it is looking through all your statements from last month and based on, you know, like if green is utilities, then you go through and highlight everything from last month that you paid for utilities. And so you go through each color and highlight your bank statement, your credit card statements, your receipts, whatever you have, and you add those colors together um, to throw it into your budget. Um, there is like a formalized system to go through that just really breaks it down into small steps that you can do and small things you can do to stop, um, stop paying so much money. And maybe that's your cable bills, um, or electricity, different things. You, there's things that the companies can do if you give them a call, 
you know, sometimes they can reduce your rates, but it just takes making a simple phone call. And unless you're being intentional about your budget and where you're spending, you forget about those things. And some like it takes five minutes and it can cut your bills um, in half or, you know, maybe three fourths of what it was. And so it outlines those small steps that you can take, but then gives big results and gets you some momentum. Absolutely. And I completely agree with what you just said. And thank you for elaborating on the color coded method. So it sounds like they pick their own colors and then you stick with that color as you're looking at your um, financial statements the month prior, and then you stay consistent with that with that method. But I love how you said, sometimes you just need to pick up the phone call. Y'all, I'm a big component. Like when I look at my cell phone bill, if I see something is $5 over, yes, I know that's small, but that $5 could be reallocated for something else. That could be my coffee money, or that could be $5 towards the baby fund or whatever the case may be. $5 does make it make a difference, especially now with gas prices. Ooh, Jesus, don't even get me started. Um, so sometimes you have to like, just really sit down and analyze your spending. And sometimes I tell people, if you know that you have cash and you're not going to remember where you spent that cash, use your debit card, which is money that's already tied to your bank. But then you could actually see line by line where you spent that money. And then if you have a credit card, credit cards should be used for emergencies or if you use a certain amount on your credit card, you should be able to pay that amount full when that bill comes in the mail. And never max out a credit card is an advice that I would learn there. And then another thing is, if you know you're constantly on the go and you have cable and you're not watching all the channels on your cable, if you, for example, I'll use AT&T U-verse because we had that before. So I think I had the U300 or whatnot. And my husband's like, babe, we're not watching all these movie channels. So then I called and I said, okay, let's bump it down to the U200. We got rid of HBO, Stars, all of that stuff because we were home enough to watch that. And then some of the movies are on repeat. Cut that off. And then ask yourself, does it even make sense to have cable or does it make sense for me to just stream or pay a subscription to one primary channel that I'm going to watch? Or take Marie's approach. She found a creamer, that sweet Italian cream, and at first it's going to Starbucks. She started using something else at home so that Starbucks money that she would have been spending, she diversified it and allocated it somewhere else. So write down all the things and then put a T-chart and say, is this a want or is this a need? Is this going to help me get out of debt or is this going to put me in debt and prolong my financial freedom? Ask yourself those questions and really answer them truthfully, because sometimes we could be in denial when we see those big numbers. So I just wanted to chime in behind Marie there. And Marie, I want to be respectful of your time and throw you an audible to see if there's anything else you want to mention that I didn't ask before we wind down and close out with the call to action. Yeah, I would just say definitely grab from broke to badass. Um, I would love for you to check it out and then we can chat. Like, the biggest thing for me is helping you move forward. Sometimes debt can feel so overwhelming and stressful and you don't even know what to do or where to start. And so grabbing the book will definitely be a great help or um, just reaching out to me at ordinarytobadass.com slash coaching. If you'd like a free coaching session to kind of get your budget or get your mindset in gear. And then Marie, for your book, is it available on Amazon and some of the brick and mortar stores or what's the, where's the main place they could grab that book? Right now, Amazon would be the main place. 
Okay. Do you have hardback, paperback, and Kindle and audio, or what are the book um, book mediums? Yes, they're available on everything except for Audible. <laughs> Audible is the plan for it to come out here, um, hopefully in the next six months. Okay, amazing. So we have your website, and then are there any social media channels that you hang out on primarily? Yeah, um, ordinary to badass on all, all social media platforms. Instagram is usually the one I'm on the most. Okay. Thank you, Marie. And there you have it, audience. I will link all of Marie's contact information, her website, and she primarily hangs out on Instagram. So all you need to do is read the show notes, scroll down and tap in with Marie. And she's also giving you a free discovery call. Take her up on that offer so you can, you know, look at your finances and make some moves. Consistent, persistent, and be determined about taking action. Now, don't forget to like, comment, follow, and subscribe. We're on 40 plus platforms. And you can see this video on our YouTube channel by going to GEMS, G-E-M-S with Genesis Amars Kemp. And lastly, but not least, where would I be without my supporters? You know, I only think about you. We are looking for brand sponsors. If that's you, please head on over to genesisamarskemp.net or send me a personalized email to genesisamarskemp at gmail.com where you'll also find out that we're ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per the metrics on www.listennotes.com. So fact check me because I like to put my mouth where my money is. And until the next guest, next segment, peace love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. Do your due diligence and you can achieve financial freedom, but you have to start by taking action. And without action, you can't have those results. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform as well as our YouTube channel, Gems with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at gems, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.